What's going on, Whisper Nation? It's Monday, August 16th, and we got another mock draft coming your way. This time we're doing our TFW Listener League settings. 14-teamer, full-point PPR, super flex with a third-round reversal. Let's get this bad boy going. Right here. What's up, Johnny? What's up, Travis? I feel like every week we try to give you more and more to say in that in that teaser. We're like, hey, let's see how many of the settings we can list for Austin to say here. And I, I just like that one was a mouthful, man. How's my eye contact doing? I'm trying. I'm trying to like. I'm trying to keep it there on these it's ones. Good, man, you look mouthful. Right. Yeah, you look right. fantastic. I might sound all right on that one, too. Well, it is so good to see you, Johnny. It is so good to see you, Travis. And it is so good to see you, Whisper Nation. We got Casper Jam was jumping in here already. What's up, guys? What's up with you? Uh, we know that we've got it's we got training camps that are going. We got injuries. We've got touchdowns. We've got all kinds of great stuff going really quickly. Johnny, what have you been most excited with hearing and seeing coming out of camp, coming out of preseason? They're almost here, man. Just the fact that football is back, uh, you know, it's fun tweeting about the games. It's fun seeing fans back at the games, getting that excitement. I understand, you know, starters didn't either, you know, either didn't play or didn't play very long into the game, but it's still fun to watch them uh, watch football again. It's fun to start scouting some of these guys on the depth chart. Uh, and getting excited. You have people taking their victory laps already uh, over some some preseason stuff. But it, it's all it's all fun. It's exciting. I had someone, you know, come back at me on Twitter uh, when I was, you know, excited about the Cardinals playing their first preseason game. And I got hit up with who cares? It's a preseason game. I'm who like, cares? bro, I'm like, I'm like, why do you care that I'm so excited then? Like, why, it, like, why does it matter? It's, it's my yeah. favorite line in preseason. If you're not overreacting. Are you even reacting during preseason? Mm. What about you, Big Travi, man? What's what's got your uh, got your plums going here at the start of the? I mean, pre-season? a little bit of of what Johnny's saying too, but it's just nice to get in there and look at these guys that we've had so much hype on. Get some work, you know. I was looking at the Washington football team, you know, and they're playing the Patriots, and just to see how that team utilized McLaurin, Gibson, and Logan Thomas all on the in their first couple series with Fitzpatrick in there, it had you feeling like, hey. They're going to use their playmakers, and that's what we've been saying all offseason. So just a little bit of that validation that we like when we have takes and then we see players, you know, actually live up to that, even if it is in preseason where the points don't matter, kind of like the Drew Carey show or whatever. <laughs> the, <laughs> who's who's line is it anyways? Yeah. On this bed. Now, I am so freaking excited. Whisper Nation, I just got to share this. It's a beam of energy, of light, of joy. We do this every single week with you. We do this every single day with you. If you've already liked and subscribed, you know that because you get those pings coming your way. And if you like what you're hearing and you do like and subscribe, you'll catch that content coming your way every single day, which we work very diligently on to produce. We would never do it if we didn't love it. And right now, the time of year is upon us. You get that real energy. You're, you get the real trades. You get your real the real shit talkings happening in your league amongst your mates and all the good stuff's happening you're debating about what rule your new league should have it's like i'm just i can barely contain myself and all the professionalism that i've worked so hard to cultivate over the years is the only (laughs) thing keeping this this thing together for me right now guys speaking of keeping it together though is there anything are we getting 
this 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 draft right here, John Travis. What are we doing with the? This is a bit of a different one. Before we yeah. get this started, I want to let Whisper Nation know what they can be expecting in this. Travis, what are we looking at here? Yeah, I do want to just have a couple of seconds here. Sorry, Johnny. Before we start it, I just want to say a couple things here. One, we're doing the 14 team. We did that last year in, in the Listener League. But me and Johnny really and, and Austin, we've seen the popularity that spikes from Superflex. So we decided to make the Listener League Superflex this year. We're gonna rock with it. We're gonna go full point PPR this year. And then we played in Scott Fishbowl where they did the third round reversal. And, you know, Scott Fish's, uh, you know, justification for the third round reversal. And I guess this has been in fantasy a long time. I, I've never even noticed it till this year, but it helps out those people that are on the back end. Right. And, and so if you're in those the back half of picks, then the you get the front pick in that third round. And so we're trying to even out. Um, so getting those top picks, especially in the super flex, especially in this 14 team league, help you out now. After doing that third, we did the third round reversal when we set the league up weeks ago. Um, but after doing that third round reversal and getting the 14th pick that we got in the listener league when we drew for it, we had a little bit of flack because we hadn't properly explained third round reversal. So I just want to speak to Whisper Nation and those in the listener league. We did not change it because we got the 14th pick. You can look back in Sleeper's history. You can see that we had a third round reversal when we set up the league and uh, we would never do that to you guys. And I just wanted to say that here. Third round reversal is not just, you know, something that will benefit us in this in this you know listener league when we draft on Sunday, but it will benefit all of those that are in the back half, hopefully as well. And uh, so, yeah, just wanted to just say a little bit on the on the listener league settings there. Guys, the entire world of fantasy football evolves as our world does too. Our league of record is a very standard, standard league. And I love all of this modifications, this new juice that's coming in here. The third round reversal, you guys say that you put it together a long time ago. I love you. You've never done me wrong. So I believe you on this. And I was was doing a little bit of mock with it yesterday. It's like it. It's okay. I I understand why it happens, and I'm excited to see how this one plays out. So that's a great point, Travi, that you just brought up. Know the rules of your draft before you come into the draft. Uh, SF stands for Superflex, not standard format, things like that. Just spend 30 seconds just making sure you're familiar with the rules, as Travi just outlined. John, you want to tell us how many roster spots that we have in this uh, mock draft scenario and and what uh, the specific points are for each one of the positions, just so everybody's on the same page before we get this thing started? We are we are doing a we're doing 14 rounds right now. I believe the uh, entire draft will be 15 rounds and we will have defense and kickers on the actual draft. We're not including them in this mock draft for you. Um, There will be obviously a quarterback. You can super flex a quarterback. Most people do. Uh, There's also an additional flex spot. Only two starting wide receivers, only two starting running backs. And one tight end, and uh, and then obviously a defense and a kicker. That's basically it. it's PPR. Know that, so yeah. that makes Full a big point. difference. Full, Full point. point, right? Austin, you're yeah. drafting with us today because you and Chelsea yeah. share a team in our listener league. Uh, so you'll be drafting from that third spot, which you guys got in the lottery yesterday. And then Johnny and I will be drafting from the 14th spot where we have uh, in the listener league. And we're combined under that big Travis slot there in the 14th. And then everybody else was kind of popping in. Some people are in the listener league. Uh, that are in this draft, but some people aren't. So we appreciate Whisper Nation showing up and showing out. But yeah, let's, all right, are we ready? Should we do this yeah. thing? Yeah, we let's should. do it. We all got right, 13 folks watching. We got seven Boom. thumbs up. Go ahead and please hit us with that thumbs up, especially if you're here mocking along with us. Third round reversal is lethal, says Eric uh, Zubert, Easy sorry. Daddy, aka known as 
coming up here from yeah. Canada. Love it. Whisper Nation, let us Ice know where North. you are tuning in from. Let us know so we can give you a who shout out on this one. Guys, so we're starting off the mock draft here. We got Christian McCaffrey kind of as that undisputed 1-1, but Patrick Mahomes is going to be a tantalizing option to consider. Johnny, I heard you talking a little smack about Alex Strofe behind the scenes saying, oh, I hope he goes Patrick Mahomes with his first overall selection as that's like the not smart thing to do. You want to elaborate on why you're not a fan of taking Patrick Mahomes there at the top of the draft. I just think he's uh, too inconsistent for what you're you're trying to get. Now, I do understand, again, PPR or, I mean, a super flex league, Pat Mahomes should probably be the first quarterback selected. But it is concerning to me that, you know, over the last two years, only 64% of his starts have been top 12 quarterback. Now, again, anything could change from year to year, but his weapons didn't seem to increase over the offseason. Nothing that got you too excited to think, hey, maybe he can be a little bit more consistent with it. That's why, you know, I would prefer going if I'm going quarterback, either Josh Allen or a guy like Kyler Murray, who is, you know, up there in more consistency and in, in top 12 rankings. And so that's why I hope, you know, a lot of people think, oh, Pat Mahomes, I'm instantly getting, you know, the number one quarterback off the board and in the league. And sure, at the end of the year, his points might be top three, uh, but how what's that going to cost you what's the the fluctuation in those picks and that's the problem i have with pat mahomes so early where do you what are you guys ideally thinking so i hear these points and i'm going back and forth and i was doing some mocks yesterday oh really quick before i jump into this point hola hermano we got calvin brown chiming in from san antonio texas me amigos go. what's good yeah, homie? let's go yeah yeah i'm so sorry i'm so sorry easy daddy with my language someone's getting really excited and I speak authentically, and I'm only told I can't say the f u c k word. We we that loses no, us. Don't even spell it. Don't yeah. even spell it, dude. You can spell it. No, spell because it. the algorithms pick up on the, the spelling. They are don't. watching us, yes, guys, dude. and we're watching your drafts here too. And uh, I want to know what you guys are thinking, Travi, Johnny quarterback running back what's ideal for you right now it's a super flex you can start two quarterbacks it's also six point passing touchdowns that's a bit inflated what what are you guys trying to do here what are you hoping happens well if we can get some upside qbs that are left still we'll see how it plays out but if not um then we got to go best player available i believe is what i'm I'm gonna talk with johnny about and just kind of go some some later qbs that have an opportunity to start and, and we'll make up our points in other areas hopefully you know that's kind of my thinking johnny right like i yeah. think if i think if there's some qbs we can't resist when we get there and like so just looking at that like if rogers and 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 maybe even hurts are there then i, I would consider it but you know uh you know it'll just be a discussion a 30 second discussion but <laughs> yeah we'll right figure that out dude i want to say you're talking about the quarterbacks here Murray over Mahomes, bold move, Cotton. Eh, is it though? We'll see how that actually plays out. I don't know if it's as bold as it sounds at the top of the show, but this idea, Zach Wilson's a top five quarterback, I'm calling it. I can't get on board with this line of thinking. This is the Jets. Corey Davis is his best weapon. Uh, it's it's a rookie quarterback who comes out of BYU. Why would we think that Zach Wilson is is do, do you have guys have any hype behind any of these rookie quarterbacks? I want to segment it to just Zach Wilson. That's too small a scope. But Trevor Lawrence, even Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, are these guys worthy of considering as an actual fantasy asset at the quarterback position in in this type of superflex or even in more of a standard type format? 
Um, I mean, in the super flex, I think they're much more. Travis, where do you want to go? I, I saw you got Russ here okay. as our second quarterback. All right, we could try. Sorry, I know right. we're I'm, not a, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. All right, that'll be an uh, interesting. We'll we'll see what we can do here. But um, I, you know, I, I some of these rookie quarterbacks do look. I mean, Fields looked phenomenal this weekend. Love Fields, uh, love the Konami he, code, right? Yeah, he. I mean, that dude turned on some jets. I don't know if you saw that play where it wasn't the touchdown play, which w- that was nice, but the there was a I believe it was third down. Uh, but he spun out of a tackle or he, he, he slipped through the tackle and uh, the guard and he just there was a linebacker there and he just turned on the Jets and blew right past him like it was he was gone. I don't think that Andy Dalton's going to be the starter of there. He didn't even look that good yesterday uh, or on Saturday, I believe, was when that game was. Um, and so and Fields you know, did right. Fields did. Yeah. Fields look good. Uh, I also Lance looks good. Um, it will be Wilson will be interesting. Uh, he had some nice plays. Uh, there is certainly a lot of hype right now going for the Jets. We'll see how it pans out. But is it just because it's New York, though, and there's an Adam case is vacant and we want to like these big market teams that have been bad for so long. But when I look at the Jets, I don't see them as having the foundation nor the pop to really become something other than what we've seen these last few years. I think they'll be better. How can you not with Adam Gaze gone? That's a near impossible feat to get worse if Adam Gaze left, but he's gone now. He's there. But I, I, I just, I just, I don't see it at the running back position. I don't see it at the wide receiver, tight end quarterback position at all. I think it's kind of a fantasy wasteland this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a lot of wishful thinking with the Jets. I think you're on to something there, Austin, where it's like, oh, well, we just kind of want to like them because Gase is gone and it's been so bad for the Jets for so long. So. I'm with Michael here. Building season. Building season. And it's not like like Jacksonville's kind of building too, but they're like, they built a little bit higher. They're they're, yeah. they're building a little bit different. I'm on the board now. Who? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, uh, that's easy for me. This the third round reversal is about to come up and it's going to be interesting. Johnny, what are you thinking here? Uh, I'm going to let you kind of make these two picks for us. Well, it'll only be one here in the third and then oh, we got to wait for our, um, I probably suggest getting a running back. So we're going to have, uh, uh Najee Harris, Gibson, CEH, um, Man, I'm really think, tempted to want to go Gibson here, but I, I wouldn't mind if you wanted to do something different. So yeah, let's try. We'll, we'll go Gibson. Gibson's sexy guys. Yeah, yeah Gibson's we'll go, coming we'll, out too. We'll go Gibson. I think you get love on that one over there too. Yeah, big fan he, of Gibson. And like I said, when I, I mean, obviously it's the one preseason game, the one drive, or the two series, but just seeing him get out there and get used with Ryan Fitzpatrick and getting the usage on the run game, getting those targets through the air. I mean, just so much is there for Gibson. I, I mean, the way he plays, all of the news that's coming out. I, you brought up a name there. You brought up two names, actually. You brought up Najee Harris, and you brought up Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Najee being this year's number one drafted halfback, and CEH, of course, being last year's number one drafted halfback, while CEH finishes like a back-end RB2. He was going in the first round. You don't, and, and so, obviously, he was a disappointment from a fantasy production standpoint. And Najee right now is going. He's starting to creep up into the second, hands down in the third round, redraft leagues. Do you, do you, is, is, is Harris going to disappoint people this year, even if you get him in the second, third round? I think he's going to be voluminous. But gonna... Well, yeah, for sure. 
we'll have to monitor his ADP for sure because he just keeps creeping up. So I think any changes on that? Any? I mean, I I do. I mean, Mr. Miyagi points it here. I like the volume over Gibson. I and I I just frankly I like the the offense better in in Pittsburgh than I do. Uh, but I mean, again, Gibson's an exciting name. We he has a huge potential. We kind of we've seen it already. That's the nice thing. So we've already seen like ten t- touchdowns from him. We think that could be repeat. Um. But yeah, Najee is a guy that I, I think he's going to be very good. I think he's he's going to get the volume. He's going to get a, a, a ton of touches. He should be somewhat, even if he's even remotely efficient with them, I think that uh, he's going to be a fantastic player this year. I can't disagree with anything said there. And I, not to stick on Najee here too long. My only question would be, and this is a true question, the volume looks great. The role on the team looks great. He's a strong halfback for the type of halfback that he is. I don't see big playability of, as part of his repertoire. Do you think he's going to make enough big plays? Am I off on that read? Or is that something that's like, no, he's going to get you a lot of four, five, six, seven, eight yards. He's going to get you touchdowns, but he's not going to break you a 40 yard touchdown. If that's what you're hoping for, go a different direction. Yeah, I think that I think it's a good point. It's a fair question to ask. I think the biggest thing for Najee Harris is the volume makes it that it doesn't matter if he gives you the extra. Cool. As long as we don't have to draft him in the first round, we can draft him in the second or third then I'm okay in redrafts, not in this format, obviously, but I'm okay with that because he's going to be one of those guys that could get you 300 touches. And then the upside is if he becomes a touchdown guy, big play guy, then you've got both. And then he's like top five, top six. So I think it's within his outcome to be that guy, but like who cares right now? Cause they're just going to pound the rock with him and he's going to catch out of the backfield. He's going to be a guy that they drafted in the first round. The capital's there. Yeah, I think you just mentioned this one, but that catching ability is obviously something. Johnny's mm-hmm. spoken really articulately and well. Travis has two here about the added value a reception is over a carry. And so when you when you take total touches for a halfback into consideration, you want to see as many of those total touches be targets and receptions uh, because that's you're, you're either going to take a catch and run it for 10, 15, 20 yards than you are a run. Am I on that one right, Johnny? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well spoken. You're on the clock as well, sir. I know. What are you thinking wanna, here? Dude, I want to keep fading quarterbacks because there's so many monsters here. And I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna pick up I'm gonna get more monsters at the positional uh side and just fade on quarterback and hope I can land something maybe a little bit buried, maybe a little diamond in the rough further on down. I would like to have one quarterback I can anchor my my business on, but I've got right now three elite wide receivers as far as i'm concerned from a ppr perspective and then alvin kamara i'm, I'm feeling good about that so mm. i'm definitely hurting at the quarterback side but I'm, I'm i'm hoping i can still find it later on as liz loza said who kicked off our mock draft marathon last month you don't mock draft to get it right you mock draft to get it wrong yeah so that you can get prepared for your actual draft which we have coming up here in a couple of weeks yes sir we got a yeah not a couple of weeks like this sunday yeah, we're this Sunday, we're drafting this Sunday. We're we doing that live. Yes, yeah. we are. We do it live. Do, do it, it live. live. Yeah, well, yeah. that's gonna be really good on this one. Who are you guys thinking right now? Come here. You already got your you got your quarterbacks here locked in. Does that mean now you're just looking for best available? Are you leaning towards wide receivers because it's a PPR league, or it's anybody who's catching passes? I don't care if it's a tight end, running back, wide receiver, pick a thing. Yeah, I think, Johnny, the, the build we've kind of done now is with the QBs done and then our RB anchor, we can definitely focus on some wide receivers with some huge upside here. Mm-hmm. I agree wholeheartedly. 
Yeah. You, you... All right. I almost saw. Uh, uh, I think it like Mike. Mike Evans is here that I really like. Um, you can talk me off that ledge if you want, Johnny. Cooper Cup down here as well. Um, Deontay Johnson's chilling there. T. Higgins, Claypool, obviously a little deeper down. So, um, you can. Well, I kind. I. I. I like Cooper Cup a lot. I also do. I'm fading Mike Evans. Rather have either Chris Godwin or Antonio Brown. I almost like looking back. I wish we would have taken maybe Russell and then Zeke, uh, and or. All right. Well, we're up now. So, thinking. What I do you think. Do? I think Cup is a good one. Cooper Cup, and then I like either Kenny G, Deontay. I like Deontay. Honestly, I do Deontay Johnson here. Yeah, Target I think monster. that is a great choice. And I want to take this opportunity to let TFW know about another great choice that you could be making. We are very excited to announce our new sponsor of the show, Manscaped, that we've got going. Fantasy football draft season is upon us. That's what we're getting ready for right now. And it's time you put the PP back in PPR League. With the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, they just launched the Performance Package 4.0. Let's show it, boys. Don't neglect your balls like the Packers front office has been neglecting Aaron Rodgers his entire career. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for... 20% 20% off and free shipping using the code TFWMAN. That is specific to this show, TFWMAN. This will help you tame that Troy Palomalu in your pants. Call, get 20% off and free shipping. Like we said, use that TFWMAN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TFWMAN at manscaped.com. If your significant other is nagging you about how much time you put into your fantasy team, you might as well gift them some beautiful bowels with manscaped boom check it out yeah right there. boom look at that. that guys i would never sell you on a busted fantasy player and i would never sell you on a busted product this thing is legitimate we got them in the mail last week we've been using them ourselves this is a first round value product that you're getting at a discount because of that tfw man discount code that we got going for you let us know if you have any questions about it it's seriously a phenomenal product but back now to these phenomenal set of picks that we got going here. You went with Cooper Cup. You went with Deontay Johnson. I'm hoping those guys are getting a lot of PPR love here in 2021. Which one do you like? Is Deontay Johnson have anything to get concerned with with Chase Claypool? Does Cooper Cup have anything to be concerned with Robert Woods? I mean, yes, but what do you guys think? So I think what we did here was kind of nice, Johnny, and you can – piggyback off this if you want i think cup has that top five upside we've seen it before especially if he gets that uh touchdown prowess going with matt Safford that he had with Goff, and then with johnson he just had top 10 numbers in targets so i think we kind of hit our floor with ppr uh with deontay johnson he's just going to be a volume monster especially if they go run heavy like they want to do and then you have cooper cup who shoots the moon for some upside should that offense hit its peak with stafford in it 100 percent. i i absolutely like how that ended up falling, especially because we, well, one didn't get, oh yeah, no, we passed up on Najee. So it ended up working out that we passed on Najee, got Gibson, and then, you know, went with Deontay. I think that's a, a really good uh, sidestep move there that kind of worked out for us. 
Speaking yeah, of a sidestep move, Mr. Miyagi with the clever sidestep here. Ah, no pick, no proof. <laughs> I think he's talking there about our yeah. Manscaped promo pitch on this one. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi, we've got some more stuff coming up. This promo's lasting the next month, so you get ready for what's ahead, man. It's going to be good stuff. I'm excited uh, about these, man. The Manscaped's such a good product. I'm excited they're on board, man. No, seriously, guys. Like, yep. Thanks for hanging in there with us on this one. We would we would never sell you on a busted fantasy take we didn't believe in. We would never sell you on a product we didn't believe in. This thing is legit. I know it's all around the industry right now, but it's really, really good. Like, It's good for a lot of different reasons. Speaking of being good, I went ahead and took Justin Fields as my number one quarterback here. Um, going a little bit upside down. And this is, the, oh, I wanted Baker Mayfield so bad. Death by Rona. Boo. I was really hoping to pick him up as like my stable upside player. You know what I mean? Shoot. That's a pretty good That's stack. exactly what I did uh, in Scott Fishbowl, Austin, with the super flex was Baker Mayfield and Justin Fields. So Really? I yeah, I love that combo of trying to like, you know, maybe a Baker, maybe a Derek Carr, maybe a Kirk Cousins. Ooh, you know, that's a good one. Pair to a... Justin Fields with. I love uh, the I love the low key upside of Baker, yo. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like that's oh, the yeah. other thing. People aren't talking about how yeah Baker's going to be the consistent like your second QB, but he could definitely hit that ceiling if that mm -hmm. offense could get uh, go a step forward in twenty twenty one. We're talking about a rookie of the year, former touchdown record holder for touch broke Peyton Manning's rookie record. Right. Uh, yeah, I know he finished as the 18 overall quarterback last year, but this dude is 26 years old. He's shown us incredible flashes. You know what I mean? Like he's had those games when he just flexes out Jarvis Landry's healthy. Odell Beckham's healthy. Austin Hooper's got another year in the system. Hunt's healthy. There's so many weapons. The coaching team looks good. It, it it's, it's, it's definitely a, a buy low situation for me right now in Baker. I would take him like, yeah, I, I like him. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to be very, very solid for for you. I think, and pairing him with Kyler Murray, I think is a perfect uh, a, a way to do it because you have that tremendous upside with that solid. I I just think that I think Baker is going to become. You know, I don't want to take this as a diss, but like because it's a good thing. But I think Baker is going to become like that next Kirk Cousins. You know, where it's just solid production, like. Are you going to be very, very excited? Are you ever going to be like, oh, I'm going to hit the exact ceiling with with Baker Mayfield every single week? Probably not. But at the end of the day, you're going to keep looking at him and be like, wow, he you know, was very consistent. He got me the same amount of points. It's very reliable. And I think that that's what he's going to be moving I forward. Want to answer, I want to answer uh, Pizza Belly's question here on that quarterback selection. So you're expecting Fields to start week one or you would just not use quarterback in Superflex until he starts? Uh, spoiler alert, I'm probably going to draft another quarterback here at some point as this continues moving down. I think that Justin Fields is one of those players who's one bit of news information away from going up multiple rounds. Um, another guy this round, uh, Javante Williams, I think is another guy who's one bit of news away from climbing up a couple of rounds in ADPs. We just heard about Melvin Gordon's groin. We saw Williams rip off some great runs in his first uh, preseason game. That kind of situation, it's it's like the levies. There's only one straw left to break the camel's back. And not so Fields, for me, like if he gets that role, all that we're the only reason we're not is because Nagy keeps telling us it's Dalton, 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 Dalton. He's trying to keep his job. Uh, that being Nagy, Nagy's on the hot seat. Dalton wants to keep his job too, but like it's Justin Fields. You know what I mean? The excitement is there, the talent is there, the pick investments there. It's going to happen, and I'm just trying to get ahead of that uh, and invest right now at relatively cheap a price before it blows up. All right, you guys just now. Ooh, Damian Harris, Odell Beckham. 
Johnny, I kind of, I kind of just kind of went rogue there. Sorry. I know Austin was yeah. on that spiel. I didn't want to cut him off. Um, yeah. uh, that's kind of where I went. I just wanted to get us a running back. That was the last running back left kind of in that, in that tier that I felt good about Damian Harris here, um, mm-hmm. as far as volume and then OBJ, I just think the upside again as our third wide receiver, just really yeah. there. I'm fine with it. I love Odell as a third wide receiver. Oh my God. It's like, we're getting him at even more of a discount than we got him last year. Cause he got hurt. And it's like, I just think it's all there. It, it, it's like the, the reason why you would lower his ceiling. You think that he's not as fast. You think he's not as athletic. You think that he doesn't have the same type of role on the team. You don't think that the rapport with him and his quarterback is as good as it once was. All of those questions have the arrow pointing in the direction that you want. Yeah. Yeah, and the I just only, go for there's, it, the only concern is obviously him coming off of that uh, ACL injury. With you know, is there hesitation on the cuts? Uh, you know, usually we see players come back a little bit slower from that injury. So it, it, there are some concerns going forward as far as the first couple of weeks of the season. However, I do think that you know what I've seen of highlights, uh, he looks to be cutting well he looks to be in very good shape so we'll see as it continues but yeah i think as your wide receiver three there's tremendous upside there especially because you're talking about baker mayfield especially what he did that second half of the season he really picked it up and a a big part of it was he finally started gaining trust not necessarily in the receivers he just started gaining trust in the system and knowing that the system was putting him in the right position he just had to make the right read and he started to do that in that second half of the season so you're plugging in you know obj obj back into that you know number one wide receiver role and I, i just think that the upside is tremendous Bring up some really good points there. And another player here taken similarly to him, uh, Johnny and Travis, Miles Gaskin. And I was talking about guys who were one bit of news away from climbing up a few rungs in the ADP ladder. On the same side, there's guys who one bit of news could drop them a few rungs in the ADP ladder. Travis, do you see Miles Gaskin be subject to that fall down the ladder if this running back by committee approach gets more emphasis, if Salvin Ahmed or one of the other running backs they have on the roster starts performing a little bit better. What do you think about that situation in Miami? Yeah. So after Brian Flores came out and said they want to use a three headed committee and then, you know, we saw some different stuff in the preseason game. And then, so whether or not we believe that and Johnny and I were talking a little bit off air on whether we believe that or not, um, it will affect his ADP and it probably already has, as we've seen, it's going to drive that down, which actually means he becomes one of those guys that could be a, a good value in that range. And so if you look at what you're, what you project out of Miami and you look at what you think that offense is going to do, uh, maybe that's your guy and you get him at a, at more of a discount for me, I'm taking guys like Damian Harris in that range, Trey Sermon, who I think has way more upside than a miles Gaskin in that range. Um, just some other RBs that are going there, um, that I would rather have. But that's a personal preference. If you want somebody who showed you last year when he got the touches was a good RB2, then you take a guy like Miles Gaskin. I just don't know. Flores, you know, there may be some truth to what Flores is saying because he does come from Bill Belichick. He does come from a system that rotated backs, especially backs that weren't high draft capital like Miles Gaskin. So they don't have any allegiance to him other than he kind of did good things. But so did Salvin Ahmed last year when he got the opportunity. So uh, it could just be if your name's called, go up, go in there and play. So. Um, it's a, it's a little bit of a tough situation to read. And so for that case, to make this long answer even longer, I would just go with, uh, you know, guys that have a little more upside in my, in my opinion. I, 
I still like him. I still think that, you know, it's so funny. We get these blurps of like, oh, this is supposed to be an RBBC. Like, we already knew it was going to be an RBBC. Yeah. Like, to be fair, I just want to say, you... like, I, it's not that I was huge on Gaskin before either. So that's that's kind of where my thinking's coming from. So to Johnny's point, yeah. The thing is, is like Gaskin is actually like a very good runner. He's a good player. You look at how often he was hit behind the line of scrimmage and how he was still able to, uh, you know, break and be elusive and gain all those yards. I even projecting this, this was even before the news came out, just looking at the history of this offensive coordinator, their system and what they were going to implement. We already knew that there was going to be a split backfield. I, it was already projected. You look at the past three years, the RB one for this team typically gets between 40 and 60% rushing share. That's right on pace with where everyone else gets it. Like Nick Chubb gets 55% of his, you look at the RB two consistent, 20%. That will be M- Malcolm Brown. You look at the RB3 consistently, 6 5 to 7% of the market share. We knew we knew this coming in. It's just people get these these narratives that like, oh, these guys can be tremendous bell cow running backs, but that's not how the system works. They all use these RBBs. So you're saying the expectations on Gaskins is off. Yes. From the beginning, like if it you're saying, he's not. He's, yes. he's never going to be a f- you don't have to featured plus back. He was always going to be the leader of a committee. He was always going to be just part of the mix. And if you're thinking it was ever more than that, you didn't have a right peg on in the beginning. Am I hearing you right, Johnny? I I mean, somewhat right. Like I don't think it's necessarily it's going to be one way or the other. Like I, I he's going to get 15 touches a game. Like 15 to 20 touches a game is what and that includes receiving get. work, right? Yes. And then you'll get Malcolm Brown sp- uh, sprinkled in there. He and Malcolm Brown could end up getting the goal line. That's the real concern of all the questions. It shouldn't be, is Miles Gaston going to be the guy? It's who's going to be that goal line guy. Yeah. Because if it's going to be Malcolm Brown, then yeah, that's what will tremendously move down his value. Not what amount of work he's going to get because he's a good elusive running back. They're going yeah. to use him the most out of all three. Malcolm Brown spent some time on the Rams being a goal line vulture. So something to yeah. definitely monitor. And watch. I wanted to, I wanted to throw out one thing as someone who's not a miles Gaskin fan in myself, that is something exciting about him as you guys are getting ready for your turn picks here. Miles Gaskin missed a, one, two, three, four, five, six games last year, and he still had 41 receptions for 388 yards. He mm-hmm. caught all but six passes thrown his way, 41 receptions on 47 targets. That's really nice for missing that many games. And there's nobody who slotted to fill that kind of role. They didn't bring up a Matt Bredo or a Giovanni Bernard or anything like that to come on over there. So from Johnny's point of touches being more impactful when they're caught out of the air, Gaskin is that guy who the goal line back is really the bigger question. It's a, it's a fresh take. Who are you guys thinking about right gonna, now here? Johnny, I'm thinking Goddard. Okay. Uh, I'm a little off on Goddard now, but uh, that's fine. Uh, AB, I think, is who we should go here. Antonio Brown. And Johnny, are you off on Goddard now because of Zach Ertz's somewhat reemergence? Yeah, uh, it's basically the Eagle. I thought, you know, heading into this offseason when I first, ha- you know, started looking and breaking down their team, I didn't expect Ertz to be there. I kind of just projected a timeshare of, you know, what it would be if Goddard had the main. I also figured they would sprinkle in another tight end but he wouldn't get a massive amount they would mostly go with goddard but now with the the theories that Ertz might not even be traded until if at all he might not be traded until like the trade deadline 
um, which has me majorly concerned because that means that they're going to now split again. They're going to split their uh, timeshares, and it's just I, I don't like that. I think yeah, that there's better tight ends. I think a that's little for bit later. sure. Like you, you're, he's definitely not going to get all of it if Ertz is there. But I think this is a team that could easily have both of them be the target percentage leaders on their team because there's just a lack of real weapons around them right now. And we've already seen in camp reports that, uh, you know, Hertz is looking to the tight ends often. And then I saw it in that game against Pittsburgh on the preseason game. Like he went to Ertz and field or Ertz and Goddard often Goddard was the big play guy. Ertz had a drop. Like Ertz just looks like this Jason Witten mold kind of player mm. uh, where he's just kind of like the conservative check down tight end. I just, I'm not afraid if, if Ertz is still there. Cause I just think Goddard's a weapon that they're going to continue to grow and have to do. And he's, he's had the touchdown upside in his career. So that's what I'm wanting mm. out of an offense or of, of a tight end, not just touchdown upside, but also the ability to be a, a big target getter. And in this offense, there's a lack of that right now. I just, like Jaseki, like to me, I think would have been, you know, I mean, do you guys see Jaseki over the weekend? That was, that dude is going to have yeah, a monster year, dude. I, I think that the upside for, I just don't know what the upside for Goddard is right now. I think it's super limited. That's the only problem I have. But again, we mock, we like to see what happens and see where things are. And that's what this is for. Dude, I think that those points that Goddard's all, his, his resurgence was kind of expected on Earth being gone. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh no. Oh, oh your no. time went. There we go. Oh, and you got your boy Cam. I did. I picked him up. Give me give me a week one fill in on there this one. Go. But we'll see. I'm not I'm not in love with the Cam Newton situation. I do think Mac Jones is gonna take that over sooner than later. But um I think Cam Newton's got that upside and that possibility, even like with his horrendous season last year, horrendous. I mean, Johnny, you almost traded Patrick Mahomes week after week two because of how well cam newton had performed in weeks one and two last yeah, year so he, i'm glad i didn't do that because it would have been <laughs> horrible but yeah no you the first couple of weeks he looked back like he was going back to his old days and who knows if it was covid related and that's why he dipped back or if he if the talent is you know all gone uh but i i do expect like you said if if even if Cam Newton starts week one, which it's still up for a little bit of a debate that they have come out and said it is Cam Newton, but we'll see. Uh, but, uh, you know, Mac Jones has looked good. The, everyone out of camp has talked about how smart he is, how he knows where to go with the ball. Uh, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that that continues to progress there. But it's not a bad move for you like it. it it's not a bad move for you at all. I want to ask you, I took A.J. Dillon following that. Is there is is I kind of see A.J. Dillon in being that elite handcuff level where he might even be in a category unto his own. Maybe Kareem Hunt falls into that category a little bit. Let me describe that category of what I'm talking about first. A player who is clearly the number two on their team, but whose skill set and specialty are so strong and uniquely their own the team may or may not be in a worse off position if that number one running back went down. You know, like Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison, very, very good fill-ins, but they're not better than Dalvin Cook or Ezekiel Elliott. At least not right now. We're not looking at them that way. No one said, A.J. Dillon, you know, tree trunk calves, tree trunk legs. Uh, If we look at Kareem Hunt, you know, all the specialty things he brings – you're not saying that he's better than Aaron Jones or Nick Chubb, but they just do something so well it stands out on their own, and that's a an RB, a very good RB should they go down. Do you think? Do, do you guys think that's true? Well, I, let's go ahead and you guys make your picks, and then let's bring the AJ Dillon conversation back after the picks. 
What are you thinking of your Travis? Uh, I was trying to look for a running back here. Maybe Naheem Hines uh, could play well. Yeah. Yep. Um, And a PPR. I like it. He was a big, big guy for me last year in this format. Obviously, we didn't have super flex, but um, used Naheem Hines last year. I thought I think I think his role in that offense is pretty solidified. Um, And then wide receiver. Anybody on the board looking good to you? I uh, unfortunately I can't see the Devontae Parker, um, Ron Amon Ross St. Brown. Rondell Moore, McCole Hardman. Rondell Moore could be a nice one. That dude, he was getting used all over the field. I did kind of want to go Ross St. Brown. He looked good, too. Um, looked some chemistry, but we'll, we'll see how yeah, this plays. We'll have some more I would have been fine with Amon, too, as well. I'd like Amon in a PPR. I'd like yeah. more in a standard a format. Standard, yeah. I'm on yeah. Rod, just because the opportunity looks there. Like the other one, it's kind of working out in Detroit the way we kind of thought it was, right? Like Rashad Perriman and Tyrell Williams, this kind of bag of misfit toys. They've been hurt now to start it off, which has only given Ross St. Brown more time to work with Jared Goff. And the reports have been good. So it's like he might be the number two or number three wide receiver, but get a lot of work just because of his role and the lack of role the other wide receivers seem to have. Yeah, I want to go back to your A.J. Dillon question, though, uh, Austin. I, I think you're nailing it right on the head there with A.J. Dillon. I think he's an, a really valuable handcuff. We've already seen uh, his ADP kind of spike a little bit because Aaron Jones missed some time in camp, and so we're seeing that right now. But, like, they have draft capital invested in A.J. Dillon uh, higher than maybe they should have, but they have it. Um, A.J. Dillon has the physical specimen of a guy like Derrick Henry, and then you have a coach in Matt LaFleur – uh, who coached uh, Derrick Henry and, you know, and understands what a big running back does for that system, for that offensive system. Uh, all the things cold weather team. There's just so many reasons why you'd want to invest in A.J. Dillon, even if you didn't have Aaron Jones. Um, I think there's a path to real big success for A.J. Dillon. Yeah, like I just hate picking up guys who you need to have someone else go down for them to be relevant. And I don't think sure. that is A.J. Dillon. I think he holds a little bit of standalone value simply because of Jamal Williams on a leaving the show team. and – yeah, yeah, like he's definitely going to be able to guy you can plug in like when you need a desperation flex, you know. We did yeah. that with Jamal Williams at times in this offense with Aaron Jones in, so. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling the same way about him there, especially in this deep of a situation here. But now I'm thinking of, I like Devontae Parker. He's been disappointing so much, but he's still that number one. I know they got Waddle. I know they got a lot of other pieces. But going down this late, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. I'm a little, I'm getting a little concerned with Parker. Uh, very concerned with Parker. Yeah, I, I just not much has come out of camp about him. Every it seems like everyone else has just been. Yeah, I mean, getting gassed. Even up. even Wilson, even even Wilson is getting more more hype. Uh, Albert Wilson is getting more hype than uh, than a guy like Parker right now. So it it it's just majorly concerning to me that he has not uh, at least flashed at all. No, I know, right? And we know what he could bring, but they've already replaced him with a higher pedigreed wide receiver now in Waddle. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Waddle's going to have what it is, but Preston Williams gets slept on a lot. And you mentioned Gasecki earlier in the show. Yeah. And I think that there's just a lot of pieces um, that are going to clamor and make a decent case for being the top pass catching option for Tua. I think Tua's in a pretty decent spot. He's got a lot of weapons who are trying to prove their viability to both the team and the entire NFL. So I think that could benefit the the Dolphins organization. But for your fantasy team, selecting an individual wide receiver, I think there's a reason why we're not seeing any of them go before, what, the fifth, sixth, seventh round? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coming up here, I wanted to touch on um, 
pizza belly's point regarding fields or Lance, I guess I'm not comfortable drafting someone in the fifth round that will be on my bench until who knows when I hear that. I personally wouldn't do it with Lance just because he doesn't bring enough from a mobile perspective. Um, we know what Justin Fields could do though. We've seen RG three, his rookie season was an elite fantasy quarterback as well as the rookie of the year. Not necessarily saying he's gonna be a good quarterback for the bears, but he's going to run the ball a lot. They could be playing from behind. Uh, I just think he's got that fantasy X factor that fields is worth going up and grabbing for him in this deep of format. Me oh, Cole, Trey, that was a good one. Trey Lance is going to, is going to be mobile though. I will. I just, yeah, I, I he's do. A, he is a mobile quarterback. I do sure. think he is. Are we looking at little, like, are we, what do you guys think on that? Are we looking at mobile? Like uh like a Alex Smith, Aaron Rodgers plus mobile, like a Josh Allen mobile. Or are we looking at it like a Deshaun Watson, RG3 uh, type Lamar Jackson mobile? I think it's probably a blend between like an Aaron Rodgers and uh, some of the elite rushers. You know, I think he'll be a middle, like above like a Tannehill sneaky rusher, but like below a Lamar Jackson, obviously, who's the elite one at that level. But, you know, what I mean, like I think this guy, they definitely bought him or got him at that rate because of some of his mobility as well. Like that's definitely a big part of it. And then not just mobility. Yeah, he's got a huge arm. Obviously, he ran a pro system in a small school, albeit. But and he's got he does have mobility for sure. Oh, are we up? Oh, almost. Johnny, what do we think after me? All right. Uh, you can. I think we grab Joni Smith here. Okay. I love that. Especially with the injury to. Uh, yeah. Hayden or not Hayden Hurst. Uh, and the dude has just Hunter been getting. Thank you. He's been getting mad uh, targets and camp. So I'm thinking. Do we have anything at maybe Rashad Penny here? Yeah. Um. um or yeah. Another running or, back. Geo. Geo's not a bad idea for because it's PPR. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll default to you, whatever you want, you wanted to go with. I'm fine with going with that, like a dart throw RB. I'm going to go geo just cause we actually know, like they went out and got him. Penny. I, I just, I'm scared off that, that injury stuff. Like, I don't know yeah. when he's going to play. Well, yeah, dude, it's like so hot and cold with Penny. Cause like, you'll get these hype pieces that come out. And then like two days later, it's like, Oh, he had to miss another practice because he was hurt. And it's like, what is going? Can we just please stay healthy, man? Uh, so I do like the Geo pick. I do think Geo could be like low key uh, James White this this yeah. year. I mean, that's not a huge stretch, but like, because obviously Tom Brady and Eli, but like, I, I do think that they use him a lot more than people expect and have him on the field. So I do think in a PPR, he'll, he'll be a nice little bi-week fill-in or you know plug and play geo's 29 years old he's been a pass catching specialist his entire career his tread has been pretty decently you know preserved given his work with joe mixon and all the halfbacks that came even before joe mixon uh they know the role they want for him it's it's i think that he's in a ppr full point a slept on candidate right now. He's mm-hmm. not somebody you're going to love, but he's someone you're going to enjoy plugging in your flex and happy that he's at the end of your bench. And yep. he's that guy, like you said, Austin, with other backs involved, like when Mixon went down, that's a fine RB2 that we plugged in all the time. Now, obviously, there's two backs ahead of him, but should something happen to a Ronald Jones or Fournette, Gio's going to have increased workload and have that pass catching role. So that's going to be something that really has a path to upside as well. Well, I think more importantly, too, like if Leonard Fournette is the one that gets injured, which is we've seen him do multiple times, I think that that would even increase because I don't think that they would involve 
uh, Rojo in pass catching a whole lot. So it'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, well, now Gio's going to be even more involved uh, and, and you'll see Rojo getting the bulk of the carries there on the ground. I like that. Are there any late, late quarterbacks that you'd be looking at right now? I was about to like go in the private chat and ask this. I'm just going to say it out loud. I think Jordan Love is worth an ad and late in these deeper leagues. I I do. I think I like what I see out of Jordan Love. I know it's one preseason game, but I'm trying to plant my flag and like the fact that Jordan Love is not going to be as bad as people think because this is a guy that was rising up draft board. So. Not saying that I want anything to happen to Rodgers or put that in the in the air, but I think he's a late guy. If you're looking at if you're in the point in your draft, you're already looking at backups. He's got mobility, he's got a big arm. Um, he just, you know, obviously would need the injury. Any That's of the starters maybe left. Um, you know, there's not many of those even left. It's an left. interesting take, right? There's no quarterbacks starting that are right. available right now. And I right. think this is so some really good information to take a look at, given we're drafting with real folks, Whisper Nation. We're getting ready for their actual draft that's coming up like i think that says something right there i i will tell you that uh not that i'm drafting him but i am kind of looking forward to his potential was that backup running back for atlanta or i said backup running back backup quarterback for atlanta that dude had some wheels bro like he came in and he had several nice running plays uh where he was like scrambling around who knows if that's going to be the guy who takes over for matt ryan when whenever that happens but he looked pretty exciting i want to go back and watch the tape on him uh just to see but again you're not going to draft him it's just it was something i noticed i was like wow this guy okay all right i see you speaking of Cena, i want to know what you guys think on will atkinson's point buying into the ellinger hype for me i'm not touching any colts quarterback right now that's just my own take but travi what do you think johnny what do you think about that uh, yeah, I think you're correct to not want any of them. Like we barely wanted Carson Wentz. Um, and like, so I, I think that this is a team that's going to be very conservative, run the football. They don't have a ton of like alpha weapons other than like a Jonathan Taylor. You know, they've got some like mis- misfit toys, as Austin says, at wide receiver. Um, I just don't know if there's enough juice in that offense to really get you over over there. Yeah. And like, he's not a high drafted rookie. So it's not somebody you're going to like think they're going to like have a, a long leash on either too. sneaky wheels on them or anything like that any weird tools in their belts that like could boost them I, yeah yeah not, not for me it's not it's not for not me. yet we haven't not seen it yet so no i'm not buying yeah. any of it yet at least not at the current price which is low who's our mr irrelevant gonna be here johnny i was just trying to think of some guys a lot of my my deep dark our wide receivers are gone yeah uh what do you think about amari rogers or randall cobb like taking your bet on one of those third like secondary pieces in green bay here i think i would go i would go cobb over um uh what do you think about cobb here i think pretty good yeah that's fine yeah that's fine that's a decent one especially needed the the slot uh last year so i think that's a good well, the slot has been filled by slot wide receiver Randall Cobb, newest, oldest member of the Packers. Whisper Nation, we just got newest through oldest. another mock draft. We're going to go ahead and wrap this one up here in a little bit and take it to our after hours section of the Fantasy Whispers Mock Draft Monday, where we're going to go ahead and do our infamous draft grades as well as have a little bit of fantasy football conversation with our hair let down, if you will. So on behalf of myself, Johnny Game Time Hicks, Big Travi, 
We got another wrapped up mock draft marathon. We'd love to see it. We'll catch you here in just a second. Don't go anywhere. Peace. Right here. And we're back already. Boom. How about that? Just a second. Literally was. Literally just a second. So we've got 12 other folks who have drafted alongside us, Johnny and Travis. That's 14 minus two for your team and my team. And we'll go ahead and break these ones up. Uh, Each one of us grab four. That makes 12. Uh, I was thinking I can go ahead and get the first four started of those guys that are surrounding my names, getting with uh, DG1981, Death by Rona, Hungry Lion, and Loopy Data. Uh, get Travi covering here, uh, Thomas Egley, Easy Daddy, Cap Jam, was Jay Blizzy, and then Johnny Game Time Hicks rounding us out there with Smitty Satow, Pizza Belly, Bro, Cal 38, and Drew K. Lou. Does that sound good, boys? It sounds sounds great. perfect. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead now and get this one started here, taking a look at DG1981 here, who in the 1-1 spot, selects none other than Christian McCaffrey and Nick Chubb there in the second round to round out their starting running back selection. Hard to have any issues with that. That might take a little bit off, though, the other positions. Let's see how well it worked out. Third, fourth round takes A.J. Brown and Terry McLaurin. These are two very nice wide receivers. Kenny Galladay would be your third one rounding out. Love the upside that he brings on his brand-new New York Giants football team. Mike Williams and Darnell Mooney would be your depth pieces with Brian Edwards there at the, in the 14th round to round out your wide receiver core. This is looking pretty good. Uh, your quarterback selection, this is a super flex, so it's a position of added importance. Derek Carr and Ben Roethlisberger. You did delay taking quarterbacks on this one, and it shows. I like the floor play and the stability these guys get you. Ben Roethlisberger and Derek Carr have been doing this for a long time. You pretty much know what you're going to get from them. Would have liked to see a little added pop if you could have grabbed uh, maybe one of these rookies or um, you know another player that has some upside the quarterback position or maybe a third quarterback like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, someone who might be able to bring in a little bit more for you. But this isn't a bad stack given how strong your other positions are there. And Adam Troutman there, who's a popular sleeper pick at the tight end spot. Um, your other running backs there, Michael Carter Jr., Ramondre Steven, and Xavier Jones. Nice depth pieces there as well. So I think this is a really well put together team. You're just hoping to see some pop out of the quarterback spot for you to stay relevant. And if you can have your quarterbacks keep up with the rest of the league, your positional players are going to give you an advantage. Well done, DG1981. I like this draft. Moving over here to Death by Rona um, in the next selection here. Uh, In the two spot, we get Kyler Murray, first quarterback off the board. It's super flex. You need at least two. Um, He goes ahead and pairs Kyler Murray up with Baker Mayfield and Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, none other. I love the Baker Mayfield pick. If you heard me talk about it, I got sniped the pick before me. Would have loved to have him be my second. But he's death by Ronas. I like what he's doing there. Great, great ceiling there. And Kyler Murray and even Baker Mayfield and a nice floor, really with all the quarterbacks. I think you're solid at that position let's take a look at your running back so you started with jonathan taylor in the second and paired up kareem hunt in the fifth would be your starters leonard fournette and philip Lindsay would be your depth pieces there you picked up later on i like the way you put this together high upside good volume there um and jonathan taylor and kareem hunt especially in the ppr format and leonard fournette and philip Lindsay. uh nice upside actually i think philip Lindsay might be the touch leader at the end of the season um not to start but by the end i'm not surprised if it's so leonard fournette we know it's a committee of sorts over there in tampa bay you got a good lotto ticket um, there in the ninth round i like this so your running backs are solid your quarterbacks are solid what about your wide receivers you take Allen robinson in the fourth big lead dog to hold it down you get michael thomas there in the eighth he's available because of the injury the pup 
the lack of rapport with the team, but he's one of those guys who's one bit of positive news away from climbing up a few drafts, and that news of him recovering ahead of schedule might be just enough for that. And Sean McVay, excuse me, um, uh, their coach, I can't remember. Uh, Sean Payton. Thank you so much. The other Sean, uh, the other blonde haired Sean there in the NFL, uh, Sean Payton uh, had nice things to say about Michael Thomas. So that could be an indicator of where they're headed. Um, so you got some really nice and then Pittman and Sammy Watkins and John Brown. These are actually better wide receivers than they're kind of getting a, a talk about. They've got some upside. They've got roles on the team. I mean, there especially was like Sammy Watkins. He's the number one, you know, and it, it's arguably the best wide receiver that Lamar Jackson has had his entire career when Marquise Brown has been the big dog or or, you know, pick another one of his, his goodie bags there. So, you know, you're, they're, they're available late for a reason, but you did what you did. And I think this is a well-put-together squad, uh, but all the different positions. Uh, it, Smith there at the tight end spot, you got to get someone late, and this isn't an awful one. Uh, moving over then to Hungry Lion, who takes the one and only Patrick Mahomes at the four spot. And I, I think he's probably enjoying him being available at the four and pairs Matt Ryan as his second quarterback up in the fifth round there. Um, so our super flex there, you got Patrick Mahomes and Matt Ryan. That's a nice stack at the quarterback spot. Um, let's see how that impact the other positions. He takes Stefan Diggs as his second player off the board in the second round to pair along with Diggs, Debo Samuel, LaVisca Chenault. Those would be his starting wide receivers with Rashad Bateman, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Darius Slayton as his depth pieces. Um, this, Stephon Diggs, elite wide receiver this year, was Hugh Jackson's first overall player. You can take a look at the Mock Draft Marathon to check that one out. Um, Debo Samuel, we Johnny talks a lot about his pit bull play style. Um, we expect IU to be the lead dog, but Samuel brings a lot to the table. And Chenault might be the lead dog for Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I like what he did here at the wide receiver spot, especially not getting his second or third until the seventh round. Um, that's nice. And then Rashad Bateman, Amon Ross St. Brown, even Darius Slayton. These are pretty uh, high upside while they should be involved a lot on their team players. you got super, super late. Um, let's see how those pair along with your running backs. David Montgomery was your first selection in the third round. Um, love his volume, love his upside. Just wanted to make sure he stays healthy. Uh, shouldn't really be concerned about that at this point in the year. Chris Carson, same kind of story um, in Seattle. Like that combo there. It's a meaty upside, high floor play. Not the super sexiest running backs, but it doesn't matter. These guys are going to get you points. Um, Melvin Gordon, Devin Singletary, and uh, Scott are going to be your depth pieces there. Those are all good players. Those are all good guys to fill in as depth. Something could happen to the other running backs on their respective teams, and those guys are going to jump up a lot in value. At the tight end position, you picked up none other than the unicorn Kyle Pitts. Love his long-term outlook. I'm not sure how well a 20-year-old tight end is going to do in the National Football League. Love him long-term. I'm holding my breath on him short-term. You didn't get him at a huge price, a sixth round there. It's it's not it's not a bargain. It's it's not also a premium. So just wish you the best on this. I like this team. I think it's pretty well put together. A lot of high upside. A little bit of risk when you bought into your upside, but I think it's, it's a healthy amount. Well done, Hungry Lion. And my last team here is going to be Loopy Data, who in the fifth overall spot takes Josh Allen, pairs up Josh Allen with Ryan Fitzpatrick, gets him in the seventh round. I think we're seeing Ryan Fitzpatrick's ADP climb up a little bit. It makes a lot of sense. He's got some good weapons over there, and hopefully we see more Fitz. Magic than tragic. I think he's got a good shot of it on, in Washington this year. So I like what you did there in the quarterbacking position. Um, you took Darren Waller there in the second, um, second 
tight end off the board makes a lot of sense. I think he's going to break 1,100 yards again this season. Um, and Jared Cook there down at the 14th round to pair up with him. So your tight ends are looking nice. Um, running backs. We got DeAndre Swift. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, DeAndre Swift there in the third round. And you pair Mike Davis up with him. Those are your starters. I like what they bring from an upside and floor perspective. David Johnson as your third running back. Depth piece is nice there. The explosiveness is in question, but the role is pretty solid to at least start off the year. Same kind of thing with Jamal Williams there in Detroit. I like that you paired him up with DeAndre Swift, especially how late you got Jamal Williams, who should be involved in the pass catching game and a pretty big spell to DeAndre Swift. We'll just see how it all shakes out. I like how you got them both, though, so you can hedge your bets. Someone gets hurt, the workflow flows a different direction, you're covered no matter what there. So that's looking good. Um, your wide receivers then, Cooper, you take in the fourth round, and you pair him up with Chase Claypool, Curtis Samuel, Michael Gallup. Uh, you, you, you didn't take a wide receiver till the fourth round. That shows, but you did work good work covering up for this. Claypool's got high upside. Cooper's got high upside and a good floor. Um, Curtis Samuel should be in his best position his entire career. Just needs to be healthy. Um, Gallup, I like how you got here. Another wide receiver. If anything happens to Cooper, you got a bump up there with Gallup. Um, and that's a PPR league, so Cole Beasley should be heavily involved. Um, and then Hilton, we'll see what happens over there in Indianapolis, but he's still that lead dog. He's that number one. He's Andrew Luck's best football player he's ever played alongside with. I, I think that says something there. I'm excited to see what he does for his team. I think he's going to be good for yours, Loopy, Loopy Daddy. These are good teams, guys. These are four well-drafted teams. I don't see anybody who's who's overstepped. I didn't see anybody who went too far. If I had to pick just one, though, you know, I'm going to go with the first one. I'm going with DG1981. When I look at the other four guys, quarterbacking sp- Bought like Derek Carr and Ben Roethlisberger. It's pulling it back. If these guys start off really slow, I'm not on it. But I just think he has such an advantage at the rest of the positions. Um, that's who I'm giving it on this one. DG1981 for me. All right. All right. I'm going to start uh, with Thomas Egley here. Um, so the running backs, uh, Derek Henry, J.K. Dobbins, Miles Sanders. Uh, this is a, this is a trio that definitely is exciting. Uh, Dobbins and Sanders are scaring me a little bit this year, so I do have a little bit of hesitation with this exact build if you're going RB robust, but I like the strategy. Um, then we went with quarterbacks uh, Tom Brady and Zach Wilson as our, our QBs. Um, so like we talked about during the draft, uh, not really in on trying to get, invest in Wilson right now, but I guess for your second quarterback, that's the upside you were going with. So let's look at the wide receivers here. He also drafted Eason in the last uh, round, but we talked about the QB situation in India as well. Um, so then the, uh, the wide receivers here for me, Julio Jones, Devonta Smith, Brandon Cooks, Russell Gage in the 10th, then uh, Traquan Smith in the 12th. I like nothing is really getting me going here. Unfortunately, <laughs> Julio Jones, like I love, like I, I love him as a player. I'm, I'm kind of scared as of his ability. And I think we're still drafting him at that space. We would have been drafting him even if he was on the Atlanta Falcons. And I don't know if they're going to be that pass happy over in Tennessee. So that scares me. Um, AJ Brown exists. So I've just kind of been off of him. Uh, Devonta Smith, obviously smaller frame, gotten hurt already in, in preseason. Doesn't look good for the start of his rookie year. Um, but as my second wide receiver, definitely doesn't feel that great. Brandon Cooks, I get the play here. The volume's there. I get that. I understand that. So um, fine for your third wide receiver. Russell Gage, you can argue, you know, with Johnny over Russell Gage or, or OZ, whatever you think it's going to be in that offense. So I, but I like investing in it regardless um, here. 
And then Traquan Smith is another one with a Michael Thomas injury. So like more what you did with your bench wide receivers, your starters got a, are a little shaky for me. Mike Kosicki, I know Johnny loves him. I don't know if I'm that in on Mike Kosicki, but I think it's fine to, to shoot your shot in the ninth on, on that tight end and, and then see what happens. Let's move over to Easy Daddy here. Uh, so at the running back position, Easy Daddy drafted Austin Eckler, Javante Williams in the sixth, then Trey Sermon and Kenyon Drake in the eighth and ninth, and got Johnny's boy, Quadri Olison in the 14th. We've talked about, like, that's just such a great last-round pick there as a, as a handcuff to a guy in Mike Davis who uh, has just been a journeyman his whole career, hasn't been that guy. So this is a good investment here like that. At the wide receiver position, uh, he got – Justin Jefferson as his first wide receiver in the third round, then Jalen Waddell in the seventh, followed by Marvin Jones in the tenth. I just don't like the lack of depth here at wide receiver. You've got three wide receivers. You're starting them, but we also have another additional flex. Obviously, we didn't have as many roster spots as the league will have, so that's a little bit concerning. Uh, you know, you could make that up in those picks there, but I just think the lack of depth here scares me a little bit off wide receiver. Um, so that one's kind of got me a little uneasy. We got tight end position is Logan Thomas and Blake Jarwin, um, who were drafted in the 11th and 13th round, respectively. Love Thomas, loved his usage and, and how long uh, his snap percentage uh, all of last year. And then also in this uh, preseason game, the brief action, we saw him. So that's good. Blake Jarwin's another guy that I think is a post-hype sleeper. We were all on him last year as, as, a, as a dart throw, and then coming into this year, he'll have that. But then you have Travis Kelsey. Like, your tight ends are stacked here. Maybe that's your play. You want to play those tight ends in the flex. So I, I'm kind of seeing what your build ended up being here a little bit. And then, obviously, quarterback, Kirk Cousins, to start the year, has a really nice schedule. So then you get a guy like Trey Lance. Um, I would love this in a single quarterback league. I would like your you know second quarterback to maybe be someone who could – you know, like a Fields there instead, who I think has a, a clearer path to being the guy to start the year. So um, we'll see how it stacks up here. I've got it kind of written down, so we'll see. Uh, on the Cats Pajamas, who was next, he drafted uh, th that back-to-back -back quarterback build, as a lot of us did in the Superflex. Lamar Jackson, then Joe Burrow in the first and second. Um, and then his backups were Sam Darnold and Mac Jones. So kind of protecting his picks there at the top. I, I like the depth at quarterback. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Uh Let's see, at running back, he went Joe Mixon and then Travis Etienne, followed by Zach Moss and Gus Edwards in the ninth and 10th. Um, I'm a little scared off of Travis Etienne right now, but I don't mind this build. You got Matt Moss and Edwards late, so you're kind of protecting your running back position. Take a chance on Etienne actually hitting at that draft capital. I think he's going to be more of a gadget. Um, C.D. Lamb and then Jamar Chase at the wide receiver, followed by Nelson Aguilar, Mikko Hardman, and, and uh, Callaway from New Orleans there at the end to round it out. So... Love the upside of Lamb. I think Lamb is is a guy I've changed uh, kind of my my concept on or my take on as the as off seasons worn on. So you know all the Cooper questions right now. I'm I'm fine with investing in Lamb. Jamar Chase is the one that gets a little bit scary, but you stacked him with Joe Burrow. That's kind of fun. I get that. Um, but once again, the wide receiver depth, and I think it's just hard in a 14 team league. I don't mean to crucify everybody for their wide receiver depth, but, uh, that's just a little bit of the question marks there. Tight end Evan Ingram. He's actually one of my favorite, uh, late round tight ends. I like that. Um, I think the upside is there in that offense. He could, if he leads them in targets, he won't again, probably with Kenny G, but if he could get close to like, you know, what he did last year in targets and then actually score touchdowns, you're looking at a situation where Ingram could really pop from, especially from that late. It's practically free. All right. Former champ, last year's champ of the Listener League, and back in it again this year, Jay Blizzy drafted from the nine spot. His running backs were Dalvin Cook, and then he waited four rounds before taking Chase Edmonds. He uh, handcuffed Dalvin Cook with Alexander Madison in the 12th, and then he got James White in the 13th. 
Um, I don't think that's too terrible uh, to try and build. You basically solidify the Minnesota backfield, and then you have your upside in Edmonds, and then White, if, if anything should happen to Edmonds, is a pass catcher, so you're kind of protecting that a little bit. Uh, the wide receivers, though, really, really good. I love this build here. Uh, Devontae Adams in the second, Calvin Ridley in the third, Robert Woods in the fourth, Tyler Lockett in the fifth, then Juju in the seventh. So don't love Lockett and Juju, but I think you know taking both of them and hoping one of them works out is great, especially as your fourth wide receiver. That's good. And then this interesting build here for the QBs that Jay Blizzy did in rounds eight through 11, drafted four QBs, Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill and Jimmy Garoppolo. I actually don't mind this with Hill and Winston. I think as we get on, if Hill becomes the guy, I think we're going to want him in fantasy football because he's going to be a rushing upside QB. He's going to be uh, he's going to give you a floor there. So we have to kind of take a look at that. And then Jimmy Garoppolo is would be solid until Lance comes. But then you have kind of golf to balance that out. Don't don't hate it. Um, and then Austin Hooper was the last tight end uh, or the last pick for you, and he was your tight end that you selected. I don't love the upside with Hooper. I think you just went with a solid floor. Maybe if if it was the real league, you'd add a couple rounds on and you'd go with a tight end uh, with some more upside there. So uh, when I break it down, uh, Cats Pajamas probably has the best quarterback situation. You got running backs, you know, Easy Daddy and, and Jay Blizzy are kind of tied there. Jay Blizzy definitely takes home wide receivers. Uh, and then Easy Daddy with that tight end stack is really good. But then Jay Bleasy, I think, has the best shot at a flex past the super flex as well. And then even with that Taysom Hill uh, ad there, too, um, I just think Jay Blizzy's roster has the most weapons and the most upside. And so for me, it's the former champ, Jay Blizzy, taking it home out of this four. Pretty solid. I will bring it. I will bring it home with uh, the breakdown of these last four teams. We got Smitty Saitow in here. Uh, He was at the 10 spot. Takes his quarterback, Dak, in the first round. Paired him with Carson Wentz and Drew Locke. Might be a little bit concerning to start the season off uh, because we don't know if Carson... They, there's rumors Carson Wentz going to be ready to go by week one, but we'll see. And Dak still dealing with that shoulder injury, so uh, we'll see how that pans out for him. Uh, his running backs were Aaron Jones, he took in the second, followed by CEH in the third, and then he grabbed uh, Devontae Booker all the way in the 14th. Really, I, you know, solid running backs, but it's really, really thin. If anything happens, and I do have some concern about CH uh, and his workload, so it might be a little bit uh, concerning there. Uh, wide receivers, you have Chris Godwin in the fourth. You took uh, T. Higgins in the sixth, followed by Jarvis Landry in the ninth, Marquise Brown in the tenth. Terrace Marshall in the 12th, and then Gabriel Davis in the 13th. I like these uh, these wide receivers. I think that there's a lot of good depth there. There's some high upside for sure. And then you went with Mark Andrews and Robert Tunyon for the two tight end positions. I like these. I think that both these guys have a very high uh, ceiling, and I have them both projected to be both top eight tight ends. So well done with that one. I don't know if it's the best team for me, though. Uh, it was very well uh, drafted, though. Uh, Pizza Belly in here at the 11 spot. His two quarterbacks, he takes Ryan Tannehill in the second, followed by Trevor Lawrence in the third, and then grabs Teddy B all the way down in the 10th round. Solid, solid. We love Ryan Tannehill here, and I think uh, Trevor Lawrence should be a, a decent quarterback. Um, he'll have upsides and low and low games as well because he's a rookie quarterback, but He's, he's looking pretty solid. Uh, as far as uh, the running backs go, he took Saquon Barkley in the first, 
Daryl Henderson in the fourth, Miles Gaskin in the seventh, and James Conner in the eleventh. I think it's it's a it's a pretty solid running back core. We'll see how Saquon does if he's ready to go by week one. I think that you'll be okay though starting Henderson and Gaskin until Saquon is fully healthy, and then I think your systems are go for the running back position. At the at the wide receiver position, you have Brandon Ayuk that you took in the fifth, took Adam Thielen in the sixth, like that. Corey Davis in the ninth, who I do think is being undervalued right now. Uh, Jalen Rieger in the 13th and AJ Green in the 14th. I think that this is a very solid team. Oh, sorry. I forgot to mention Noah Fant in the uh, eighth and then Rob Gronkowski in the 12th. So overall, I think it's a very well-balanced team. I think that you drafted very well. Uh, I don't know what the true upside is though on some of these, uh, on some of these players, but overall, I think that you could, you would probably be on the top half of these teams. All right, Brocal 38 here in the 12th spot. Took Justin Herbert in, in the first round, followed by Matthew Stafford. Two really solid quarterbacks with a lot of upside this year. Took Najee Harris in the third to pair with James Robinson in the sixth. Jarrett McK- uh, McKissick in the 11th. Latavius Murray in the 12th. And then Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard in the uh, 13th. I think that the running backs here, the running back stables you got are pretty solid, especially for uh, PPR. I think that they'll be pretty decent and solid plays for you. For wide receiver, you got Mike Evans in the fourth. You got Jerry Judy in the seventh, Will Fuller in the eighth, who I do think is a a really good bat. I like both of Jerry Judy and Will Fuller grabs there. Tyler Boyd, too, underestimated. Uh, Henry Ruggs, we know what the upside is there. Uh, So I, and then TJ Hawkinson. I really like this team, actually. This is a really good team, really well drafted, but it's not my favorite of my four. I think this will come in second. Uh, Drew K. Liu, my my man. Well, I should say uh, this is Death by Rona's son here. Uh, coming in at the 11th spot, took Aaron Rodgers, or excuse me, at the 13th spot, took Aaron Rodgers in the first round, followed by Ezekiel Elliott. I love that that combo move right there further on down he got Deshaun Watson to pair with Aaron Rodgers we'll see what ends up happening there I probably would have grabbed one more run uh, quarterback excuse me just in case Watson doesn't play but if Watson plays like this team is going to be very hard to beat um, you grabbed Ezekiel Elliott like I said in the second paired him with Josh Jacobs in the fifth followed by Ronald Jones in the eighth Tevin Coleman in the 12th and then Kenneth Gainwell in the 13th. I think the running backs are really, really solid to pair with Ezekiel Elliott. I think you'll have no problem between Josh Jacobs and Ronald Jones and Tevin Coleman to find that RB2. Wide receivers are pretty solid as well. Hopkins in the third, DJ Moore in the fourth. You got Sutton in the seventh, who I'm kind of fading just a little bit, uh, but it's as your th- wide receiver three, it's not bad. DJ Chark in the ninth. Elijah Moore in the 10th and then Sterling Shepard in the uh, uh, 14th, excuse me, there to round out your draft. Uh, Tyler Higby being your tight end, who I am fond, very much fond of. So I this would be my winner right here. Drew K. Lou, well done. I know you're going to bring it to the draft this year with your dad uh, and you brought it on this mock draft, man. I like it. I like your team. All right. Well, we've got Drew K. Lou then, who Johnny has selected as his winner. Travi, you went ahead and went with last year's champ, Jay Blizzy, right, in the nine spot. And I selected here the number 101 DG1981. So, Whisper Nation, let us know who you think did the best of these three. And then Johnny... Johnny and Travis' team or my team, if you want to take a stab at that, we would love to hear your thoughts in the comments. 
Let us know on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook, Twitch, whatever platform you are streaming this on. We would love to hear it. And if you haven't liked and subscribed, please go ahead and do that for us. And remember, TFW Man, you can get your Manscaped 20% yep. off plus free shipping promo code. Um, we're going to be doing this promo for the next month, but this is a phenomenal deal for a phenomenal product. Um, I'm Austin Sear. That's Big Trabby. There's Johnny Game Time Hicks. We're the Fantasy Whispers. We're out. Peace. Peace. Go Peace. get that draft kit. FantasyWhispers.com. Get the draft kit. Right here. Oh, you watched the whole video? That's impressive. But if you want to learn how to dominate your draft or win your league, why don't you head on over to thefantasywhispers.com and grab your draft kit today. Or you can click the link in the description below. And if you're still not sold, check out one of these videos.